I know we say this um, probably on every series that we do, but I am, I am really excited about this next series, or the next series that we're doing right now, the series that we're launching off today uh, called Dizzy. And uh, as we've shared a little bit with you, uh, this is a series that's based upon prayer, and um, it's, it's going to really challenge us and call us into that into that posture of prayer. And so I hope that you really engage with us as we go through this series. I hope you really have an open mind, open heart of where God's going to be leading you and, and, and you just encounter Him in a very intimate, profound way. Uh, with this series, uh, it really kind of was birthed out of the staff reading a book by Mark, Patterson, Mark, Patterson, Mark Batterson titled uh, The Circle Maker. And um, that's a book that if you wanted to pick up and you wanted to just kind of read along with us, uh, you could definitely do that. Uh, it's, this series is not really based upon that book, but it, uh, you will see, you will catch a glimpse of uh, how I've been stirred and how we as a staff have been stirred about our prayer lives. And so I'm going to quote a few things from that book today, but other than that, uh, it, that book is kind of standalone if you wanted to grab that and just kind of check it out. Uh, in addition to that, um, uh, we are going to... Uh, challenge you uh, in tangible, practical ways uh, throughout this series of, of prayer. And you will be invited uh, each week to uh, really do a novel thing, and that's pray. Isn't that awesome? We're going to talk about prayer, and we're actually going to do it. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And so I find it cool, so hopefully you will too. But uh, anyhow, we will be providing you that, that time and space in our worship services, and, and I'm just extremely excited about where we're going in this particular series. Uh, in this, uh, uh, when we start talking about prayer, in the book by Batterson, um, titled The Circle Maker, he talks about a guy by the name of Honey. And it, he's not a biblical figure, but he comes out of a book, an actual book called The Book of Legends. And if you wanted to uh, read some more on that, it's just a book of, of legends from the Hebrew-Jewish um, culture. And it's really, really interesting. But he, uh, there's a story of a guy by the name of Honey in that particular book. And what Honey does is, or when he is uh, on the scene, is right before Christ returns, uh, and, or returns, when, before Christ comes uh, as, as flesh, and it's during that time, if you remember, during that time where there's about 400 years of silence. And so there's really a lot of unrest. There's really a lot of discouragement, disillusionment taking place. Uh, a lot of people that's uh, wondering what's going on. They haven't heard uh, from God in a while. 400 some years, a period of silence. And so there's, a, there's just a lot of unrest. And on top of that, they're experiencing this incredible drought. And so you know how we've never really experienced a drought. Often in the summertime, we'll say, well, we're in a drought, but... We're not talking about a drought like these guys experience. And so as the story goes, they're experiencing this huge, this major drought, and it's really just crippling the, the, you know, the, the, um, the emotions of the people. I mean, it's kind of like the last straw. And so as they're experiencing this, this guy by the name of Honey, Honey goes out, and he has this probably a six-foot staff. You know, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, this is how I kind of envision these guys in the past, where they have like these long shrouds and kind of Gandalfish. you know what I'm talking about? Um, those of you that have seen that. Anyhow, he goes out with this huge staff, as the story goes, and he, start, he takes it, and people are watching, but he takes it, and he starts drawing this huge circle in the dirt, in the dust around him, this huge circle. And as he, begins, as he completes that circle, he begins to pray. And in this very loud voice, this boisterous voice, he calls up to heaven, and he says this. He prays this prayer. He essentially has three prayers. The first one is this, Lord of the universe, I swear before your name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy 
upon your children. What he was doing, he's praying for rain. Now, the, the magnitude of this, the magnitude of this prayer, or the, the, just the position of praying wasn't really that shocking to people, but as the story goes, the authority that he's taking before God saying, God, I swear, you know, Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name, I'm not moving from this circle until you answer my prayer. We need rain. And so he prays in this loud voice and he continues to pray. And lo and behold, it begins to rain. It begins to sprinkle. And it begins to, God begins to move. And as it begins to sprinkle, he offers up another prayer and he says this. He says, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns and pits and caverns. And so as he prays this prayer, the skies open up and this deluge comes down and just begins to just flood the earth in a sense. And you know how it is in the summertime when we go for a little while without it raining and and, and we have one of these storms that comes on and you're like, yeah, it's going to rain. But yet when it comes down so hard and so quick, it really doesn't getting to the ground. And so Honey goes a third time to God and he says this, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of your favor, blessing and graciousness. And the story goes that the rain begins to taper off into a drizzle that begin to rain for a few days, filling the cisterns, the caverns and the pits that he requested before God. That's an audacious prayer. In fact, Batterson would go on to write in his book, The Circle Maker, he would say this, God, determined, God has determined that certain expressions of his power will only be exercised in response to prayer. Simply put, God won't do it unless you pray for it. I know in our staff meeting, uh, a couple staff meetings ago, uh, as we were working through this book, I've been really challenged. I've been really grabbed a hold of where God has grabbed a hold of my life saying, you know, really challenging my prayer life. And so one of the things I brought up as a, as a discussion point, which we really started chewing on some, uh, some, some great discussion, was uh, I, I brought up the concept that I think a lot of times our experience shapes our theology. Now, as we begin to really dissect what I was, saying, what I was trying to communicate was, I think by the lack of experience at times... When we start, like saying, for instance, when we begin to pray about something, if we don't see God answer that, it really begins to take us back and reshape our theology that says, what's the use in praying, right? Truth be known. Now, as we wrestle with that as a staff, we realize that it's not experience. You can't dismiss experience from your theology, but it's really experience that, that gives life to your theology, right? It's when you stand and you, like Honey, you draw a circle and you say, God, I'm praying for this and I swear upon your name, I am not moving from this circle until you answer my prayer. And if God so chooses to move and he answers your prayer, you're going to tell me your theology doesn't become much more intimate to you? It becomes so much more real. You, you have this deeper connection with God. But for a lot of us, for me, I've wrestled with this. Because there's times where I've prayed and I didn't get an answer, so I thought. I've prayed about things. I've lifted things up. I've, I've prayed about someone's salvation. Maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and you can relate with this where you've prayed for someone's salvation. You've prayed for someone's financial state. You've prayed for someone's marriage. You've prayed for someone, whatever it may be, another relationship or something within your life. you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, and nothing really happened. And truth be known, that lack of, of something happening kind of comes back into your theology where you say, what's the use in praying? Right? What's the use in praying? I grew up in the church. And one of the things we used to do, and it's biblical, but I think we take it a little out of context at times. At least I do. Let me, again, I'll put myself out there. Where we offer up this prayer. And then on the back side of that prayer, we put this wee little tag on it that says, and if it's your will. Right? 
There's nothing wrong with that. That's what the scripture teaches us. If it's God's will, God, we want you to answer our prayer if it's your will. If I'm praying in the right direction, God, we want you to, I mean, I'm really asking you to answer my prayer. But it became, I'll just be honest with you guys, a lot of times within my life, it was so cool to put that little tag on there that says, if it's your will, because if my prayer wasn't answered, it wasn't God's will, was it? So that didn't discourage me as much. But then I start reading a book by Batterson. And you start reading other people experiencing the power of prayer and how God moves and how people himself would take things and circle them, circle the promises within the Scripture and, and pray for those things and say, I'm not moving. I'm circling these things and I'm not moving, God. I'm praying for this and I'm praying that you will move and I'm not moving until I hear a word from you. And you start reading how God answered and had uh, this connection, this, 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 you know, this, this intimate connection with that person praying. And I started reading those things and I started uh, realizing, you know what, I'm jealous because I'm not experiencing those types of things. And I want that to happen within my life. And so through this, it's really challenged me. And, and, and so you get to experience some of that from this series being birthed. And we're going to talk about that. But as we talk about this whole circle thing, you know, we're going to circle, honey, circled, uh, circle things. And, and through this series, we're going to circle five things. We're going to circle our marriage, our kids, our church, our city, and our world. We're going to circle those things, and we're going to pray for those things, and we're going to uh, do those actual things within our, each service each week. But as we, as we begin to do that, and we say we're going to circle these things, and we're going to pray, pray for those things, it kind of reminds us of a story of that uh, city by the name of Jericho. Remember that whole story back in Joshua? That's kind of a cool story, isn't it? To the fact, sometimes I think that's where we leave it. That's, that's a cool story. What if, that's, what if that's a principle that God is calling us to? What if that's something as we look at that where we say, you know what, maybe God's calling us that same type of faith, that same type of prayer life, that same type of, of, of lenience or leaning where we just literally lean so much on the God where it's like, God, if you don't show up, this isn't going to happen. That whole story of Jericho where Joshua is leading the, uh, the Israelites at the time, it's time for them to go in and take over this land. And, and essentially, if you want to turn with me to Joshua chapter 6, I want to read uh, verses 1 through 5 with us. But as, as you're, uh, just to kind of set it up, God's bringing them. He said, you know what, this is the land that I promised you. It's like a 400-year promise or so that's coming to fruition to this day. And God's saying, I want you to go in. I want you to take the land that I've promised you. This is your land. And so Joshua, they're standing at the, at the Jordan River. They're, they cross over, and one of the first things they see is the city of Jericho. And they come up against this city, and in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says this about the city. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. These guys are like... Let's bar the city up, man. These guys, these, there's something's going on here. And it, also, and it goes on to say, no one went, went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, and I love this, because it's, it's such a dichotomy that I experience. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Okay, hang on a second, God. All I'm seeing is this huge wall, this impenetrable wall that's surrounding this city. And you're telling me, see, I've given you this city and its men, its king and all that. I'm not seeing that, God. That's how we see things a lot of times, right? But God says to Joshua, see, I'm, I have delivered. I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Verse 3, here's what I want you to do. I want you to use some unconventional warfare. I want you to march around the city once with all the armed men. And I want you to do this for six days. 
And he, then he goes on to say in verse 4, Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with a priest blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, I don't know about you, but that's some unconventional uh, warfare, is it not? Here's a city and there's this huge wall built around. No one's coming out, no one's going in. And this is what I want you to do. For six days, I want you to take your men. I want you to walk around. I don't want you to say a peep. I just want you to walk around. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. And it's going to be yours. The wall is going to collapse, which we read the story. The wall is actually collapsed in. And they went inside and they took over the city. What if they would have stopped on the second day? What if they would have stopped on the third day? They didn't do that back then, did they? Because if they did that, we wouldn't have good stories like this to read about, would we? What if they would have stopped? What if they would have said, what is the use? I'm walking around this stupid city with a wall up, and I've got people that's heckling me on the other side that thinks I'm an idiot. You know what? I kind of feel like an idiot as well. God wants me to walk around this city one time for six days, and on the seventh day, we're going to do this, and it's going to be handed to us. What if they would have stopped, guys? Let me ask you a question. What, what is your Jericho? What is the thing in your life that you've been praying for, and God is saying, Don't stop circling. And truth be known, you're tired of circling because you're not seeing any activity and you're kind of losing faith and you're kind of losing trust that anything's going to happen. What is your Jericho? What is it that you stopped praying about? What is it that you said, you know what, God, I'm tired of circling. This doesn't make sense in my life. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing any action. What is it that that you stopped circling? Or let me ask you this, guys. Those of you that are praying, what are you circling? Today, what are you circling? What have you said, I am circling this, I'm going to circle this like Jericho, and I'm not stopping until I see God move and deliver whatever this is, whether it's salvation for someone else, whether it's a restored relationship, whether it's it does, my marriage, my kids, my city, my church, my world, whatever it is, God, I'm not stopping by, I swear on your name, I will not stop circling until you hear and answer my prayer. What dreams are we marching around? What vision or dream has God placed within your life where he's saying, this is too big for you to do on your own. This is way too big for, for, for your skill set. But if you lean on me, if you trust me, you're going to see some incredible things. What are the things that you're leaning on? What are the things that you're seeing or that you're marching around? Guys, in, the, in the, uh, one of the passages of Scripture where Jesus talks in the, uh, uh, shares this in the Gospels, where he says, you're going to do things greater than I'm going to do. That's a huge passage of Scripture. I look at my life and I'm like, I'm not seeing that, Jesus. Is it maybe because I'm not circling enough? And that's, that's very vulnerable for me to share with you guys because those are the things that I think about. What is my prayer life like? Where is God trying to take me so that He can take you? And I'm saying, I'm scared. Or, I've stopped circling. What are you circling? What are you camping? What are the promises in the Word of God? And guys, when we start talking about this, when we started reading this book, one of the things that comes to mind is those things that always pop in. Okay, this guy's a name it, claim it guy, right? So whatever we do, we're going to circle it. God's going to give it to us. That's where this guy's coming from, right? All these things start popping up. 
And I start thinking, no wonder my prayer life is so stagnant and stale at times because I have all these things where I'm not going to circle. I'm going to stop because if I circle, it's going to put me in a vulnerable place. And if God doesn't show up, I'm going to be disenfranchised. I'm going to be discouraged. And it's going to reinforce exactly what I've been experiencing all along. But guys, what are the promises? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've got stuff within your life. You've got things that, that truth be known, it's time for you. God's calling you to step out and to begin the circle. What are those things? What are those things that we're going to say, God, I'm not moving until you show up and until you move. And here's, here's the issue. Here's where I want to tie this in with the doors. Hopefully you see some doors sitting up here on stage, right? If you don't, we need to talk after the service, okay? But there's some doors sitting up here. And one of the things I got to thinking about was this. I think what's happened is we've opened doors, and now it's time to close them. And what I mean by that, I want to share with you a few passages of Scripture to illustrate this, and then, I'm going to, and then I'll expound on that a little bit more. But in Genesis, we read about this story of, of uh, a, uh, Cain and Abel. And in Genesis, we re- it's such a... Listen to what it says. It says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd and Cain, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also uh, brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are, you looking so, why are you so angry, said the Lord to Cain? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. And listen to this last verse, the second part of that verse. It says this, But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Guys, when we start circling these things, one of the reasons why I want to share with you why it's time for us to be extremely concerned about circling things is because I think we've opened up that door and we've allowed the enemy in. There are things that we have done within our lives. There are things that you have done with your life, whether it be advertently or inadvertently. There are things that you have done where you've opened up the door and you've allowed the enemy to have a foothold within your life. And it's time to stop it. And it's time to denounce him. And it's time to draw circles to say, I'm going to begin to, to lift up these particular areas of my life in prayer. And I'm not moving until I see you stop, until I see you eradicate this stuff, God. We've opened up doors. Listen to this. Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, Paul talks about spiritual warfare. He says, The final word, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will stand by you will be you then after the battle you will still be standing firm stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all of these hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil Put on your salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then in verse 18 it says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. 
Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. I think what Paul's saying here is this. Circle. It's time to circle. It's time to stand. It's time to circle. And it's time to pray on every single occasion. It's time to take these things that's wrong in our lives. It's time to take these things where we've opened up the door and the enemy has come in and is wreaking havoc within our life, that's wreaking havoc within our marriages, that's wreaking havoc within our relationships, that's wreaking havoc with our kids, our city, our church, our world, all of that. It's time for you to stand and it's time for you to pray on ev- in the Spirit on every occasion and shut the doors. It's time to circle, guys. And that's what I'm calling us to do as a church. I'm calling us to shut the doors. I'm calling us to take, the look, at, take a look at some of these things that, that you and I experience on a daily basis, such as, I don't know about daily basis, but we experience such as delusionment and discouragement and depression and disenfranchisement, and all these frustration and all this other stuff, guys. Those are not of the Spirit of God. Those are not spirits of the God that we serve. Those are coming from the enemy who has been allowed to come into our lives and into our church and is creating this this disruption within our lives. He wants to destroy us. Paul says that we are fighting against things of the heavenly realms that we can't even see. And what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? It's time to circle things. It's time to take these things serious. And it's time to stay consistent with our prayers to say, God, I want these doors closed. I don't want the enemy to have any freedom. I don't want the enemy to have me in bondage. I don't want the enemy to have me disillusioned. I don't want any of this to take place in, in, in my life or in the church or in the, our marriage, whatever it may be. These, and, and in this particular context, these five things that we'll be praying about. But God, I'm not moving until I see you move. Luke chapter 18, 1, at the beginning of, the, of a story that Jesus is beginning to teach, it says this, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to do what? To show that they should always pray and never give up. I think for some of us, we, gave, we have given up. We've come up against something that's extremely difficult. We've come up against something that is just really taking every ounce of energy that we have. And at some point, it's just like, what's the use? And we want to give up. And Jesus is saying, never give up. Keep praying. Keep circling. Paul saying, pray in the Spirit at all times. Keep the doors closed. Don't let, this, don't let the enemy that's crouching behind that door come in and wreak havoc within your life. One of the first things we're going to talk about, and again, this message today is just a huge, is, is an introduction to where we're going. One of the things that we're going to talk about is marriages. We're going to talk about circling our marriages. Guys, I just talked to you about it spirits uh, that's not right, and I'm going to share with you, you know, having the spirit of disillusionment or depression at times for me or discouragement. I can't tell you how discouraging it is, if I can use that one, to hear about the, 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 the marriages of, 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 of believers. Of believers. I mean, it's like on a daily basis that, that we hear about marriages coming apart. Relationships coming... I, I want to tell you something... I, 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 sometimes I wonder if we truly grab a hold of the fact that the enemy wants to tear apart the family. We know that the enemy can't tear apart God, but we know that he's going to come after everything that God loves. And the enemy has had a field day with the sanctity of marriage. When we talk about, when I stand to do a wedding, and one of the last things I say, and I mean it with all of my heart, let What God has put together, what God has ordained, what God has joined together, let man not separate. 
I believe that with all of my heart. And, on a, and it's like on a weekly basis, we hear about the enemy having a field day. I was just talking with a friend the other day who has a friend that has 20-some years, years in a marriage. They're done. They're done. And it's like, how does that happen? Guys, it's time to circle. Whether you're married, whether you're not married, it's time to circle the marriages of Element Church and those around us. It's time for us to draw circles in the sand and say, God, I swear by your holy name, I am not moving from this until you heal either, either heal my marriage or make my marriage God-centered, where we want you to be at the focal point of our marriage, where we're coming together and we're saying you are the person, that, you are the, the center of our marriage. We want to have a God-ordained, centered marriage. And those around me, I'm praying for, I'm lifting up. Those that are struggling, I'm lifting up to you. It's time for us to stop and pray for ourselves and others and circle those things and say the enemy is not going to have an open door to these things within our lives and with other people's lives. He's wreaking havoc. And it's scary at times. Because we have the hope. And at times we're not tapping into it. It's time for us to tap into it as a church and say, it's done. We're closing the doors at this church. These doors. We're closing the doors and the enemy's not coming in any longer. The doors are not going to be open for them. And so, one of the things we're going to pray about to our marriages. Second thing is this, our kids. You guys know my story. And this is where it's personal for me. My challenge, uh, you know, we, uh, Jaden just had his first birthday yesterday. So cool. Uh, Leah, one of the other girls that we have, she turned eight this, this past week too. I am so sick of buttercream icing right now. I never thought in a million years you would hear me say that, Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I could bathe in buttercream icing, you know, and eat myself out of it at times, but I'm, I'm done. I mean, I am so sick of buttercream icing. But I want to tell you something. Let me tell you something. One of the things that's personally, personally, on my personal level that's challenging me is when God's coming into my world and saying, Gail, what are you doing praying for these kids? Are you circling them? What are you doing when, they're, when they go to bed at nighttime? This is what I'm thinking in my mind. Am I going down while they're sleeping and praying over them and saying, God of heaven, I'm circling my children. I don't want the enemy to have control over my kids. I don't want them to be influenced by the world. I want them to grow up to be people that's in love with you. People that's going to proclaim your message. People that's going to proclaim your gospel. People that's going to take and they're going to stand on the shoulders of the people of Element right now and they're going to continue to herald out the hope to a broken world that says Jesus Christ is alive. And Jesus Christ is what makes the difference within our lives. Jesus Christ is what brings healing. I want my kids to be those types of individuals. But what am I doing? What am I doing to help do that? Am I spending time circling and saying, doors will not be open for the enemy to come in and take my kids? Guys, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not. That's the prayer we need to be praying for kids and kids around us and kids here at Element Church. We are a community. That is something that our culture has challenged and eroded away, is that whole concept of communal living. Guys, we are a community, which means we pray for one another, which means we circle each other's marriages, which means we circle each other's kids, and we pray for each other, and we really lift each other each other up, closing doors all around us, saying the enemy's not going to have any say in any, in any of the kids' lives around here. 
where we're raising kids up and we're teaching kids about Jesus Christ. And not just teaching them about Jesus Christ, but we're telling them that without Him there is no hope. And that Jesus wants to have this incredible intimate relationship with them. You know what? We believe so much in that. We've talked about this practical parenting conference. Can you guys click on that slide or will that throw you off? Can you like switch over and click on that update slide real quick? If you can't, just don't worry about it. But One of the things that, that we want to do, or that we've done, we've went out as a church, and this is how much we believe in it. We, you know, we said, you know what, we're talking about kids, we're, talk, we're talking about marriages, we're talking about circling. Why don't, we, why don't we put this in practical application? There is a practical parenting conference coming up this week at the center that's going to have some great discussions, some great, uh, some great uh, workshops and breakouts and stuff like that. Guys, there are some of you, all of us can use this, but there are some in here, especially this morning, that, that God is saying, you need to be a part of this right now. And you're saying, well, I don't know if I have the resources Okay, then come and talk to us because we purchased 20 tickets for 10 couples at each campus. Is it 10 couples or 5 couples? 5 couples. I can't do my math. You know what? If we have 20 couples, we'll make it happen, okay? But here's what we want to do. They're $30 a ticket, but we're going to sell them at half price. If you can't afford that, we will eat the cost and you go. Don't take the ticket and not go, but we will make it so that you can go. That's how much we believe in this. I believe wholeheartedly that the enemy is is killing the family. Absolutely killing the family structure. And I'm saying it's time for us to stop the door. So if if you're sitting in here this morning and you could take advantage of this, we want to put tickets in your hands. If you know somebody that's part of your family or whatever that needs to go, someone that's broken that needs to be there at this conference and God's laying that person upon your mind or you're sitting in here and you need to go, I want you to talk to Pastor Ron after the service and we still, I think we still have some tickets left. If not, we will get some available for you. But that's, it's just putting meat behind what we're trying to say. We truly believe in this. So you need to grab one of these. They're back there in the uh, connection point. Grab one of these. There's a registration thing you'll need to fill out. But anyhow, talk to us if that applies to you. But we are serious about that. This, the next thing that we, we're going to be circling, if we go back to our, uh, the slide, is the church. And this all really relates to the church, but this is where we're going to circle the church. We're going to say, you know what? We're closing the doors, uh, and I don't mean the front doors, okay? I'm talking about these doors to, of the enemy. We're closing the doors. This is going to be a church that's going to be all about Jesus Christ. And I promise you guys... As long as I'm the leader here, the only thing that we're going to be preaching from this stage up front is in the absolute authority and salvation of Jesus Christ. That's it. It's not some aspirational belief either. I believe that without Jesus Christ within your life, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it on your own. You're not going to make it with a plurality of Gospels or Gods within your life. It's not going to happen. The only way it can happen, I believe what the Word of God teaches us, is through the saving power of Jesus Christ, which we just celebrated last week and we should be celebrating every single week. But I be- we need to circle this church to say, this church is about the broken. We are about restoring the broken one life at a time and whatever we can do we're going to do that and we believe that it's going to happen by helping people to discover and develop in the life-changing love of Jesus Christ that's our vision statement that's our mission statement and we're going to do anything that we can do to see that happen 
And that also means that we'll be reaching out and looking into our world, uh, looking around us for the broken to invite them in. But it also means that we're going to shut the back door and we're going to say, you know what? The people we have in here are broken too because we're all broken, right? We are all broken. Every single one of us needs to hear that message, needs to be in that relationship, not only with Jesus Christ, but also with other individuals that's going to help us grow and to discover and develop in His life-changing love so that we can become whole again. That's what the church is about. I'm so passionate about this that this is what it's when we get to this week. One of the things I want to do is at some point in that week, I would like for us, I would, I want to invite you guys to come. I would invite at both properties, Adrian and Blissfield. I would like for us to go out to the four corners of our property, take passages of scripture, put them on a stake, drive them in the ground, saying this ground is for Jesus Christ. We will only talk about Jesus Christ around here. He is the hope. He is the only one that's going to bring healing to the broken. And we're serious about that. And the enemy has no place here whatsoever. Only Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you will, become, that you will get passionate about that and get on board to circle our church to say, this is about Jesus. This isn't about me. This isn't about my preferences. This isn't about my likes, dislikes. This is about Jesus Christ and about bringing Him glory and about bringing others into the saving grace and the healing power of Jesus. The next one is this, our city. I think so often, guys, we lose this right here. I talked about this with one of our staff guys. We lose our eyesight. If you've been here for a while, it's easy to lose our I think we get cataracts, okay? As, you know, long-time Christians, I think we get cataracts. I think it's fogged over. I think there's times where we miss seeing the broken. And it's time for us to circle that to say, you know what? We've got broken not only within our church that we need to see, but we also have broken within Blissfield and Adrian. People around us, all around us, that doesn't know about the healing power of Jesus Christ. And guys, there are people sitting in here right now. I'm convinced there are people sitting in here right now and all around us in Blissfield and Adrian, but people especially sitting in here right now that needs someone to come up and embrace them and say, you know what, I'm praying for you. Or is there anything I can do for you? I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you. It's beginning to see people with the eyes of Jesus Christ. And we're going to circle that. And we're going to say, we want to see those people within our church, but we also want to see them in our city. Because, guys, they're in Blissfield too, okay? I know it's a small community, and we all know everybody. And some of you said you're all related too, okay? I did not say that. I'm just joking. Actually, you guys did say that. Exactly, see? But what I'm saying is, there's a lot of times we, we lose our sight, Right? We lose the, we lose the, the sight that, that, that there are broken people all around us. That there are people that are on their last leg within their marriage. They're on their last leg with their kids. They're on their last leg with whatever it may be, and they're losing hope and they're losing it fast like we talked about last week. And they need someone to come to them and embrace them and say, you know what, you're going to be okay because I'm circling you. And I'm going to be lifting you up in prayer. You're either going to freak them out or they're going to become very excited, right? Freak them out. The next one is our world. We do, I, you know, we, 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 this is what we would call our engage piece. This is our outreach for, you know, our outreach or missions, whatever you want to call it, but we call it engage. And this is where we're reaching out and we're sharing with the world. And this is another area we're going to circle. And we're going to share that week particularly how we are attempting this through the ways 
that we engage our world, that we're already kind of reaching out to them and, and engaging them. We'll spend a few moments doing that. But this is where, you know, again, we're circling. And we're saying, how can we reach people? How can we extend ourselves even beyond Adrian and Blissfield? How can we extend ourselves further sharing the message of hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings healing? <laughs> that, brings, that brings healing and, 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 and wholeness within our lives. You know, I've always been this way, so it's not age. But when I go to Cedar Point or places like that, if you put me on like one of those rides that spins, I'm, it kills me. I'm not scared. I get off like doing one of those leans, you know what I mean? Like where you're, you're you, you know how it's always hot out? You know what I'm talking about? And the, and the pavement is like coming up through your, through your body. And I'm like, it, I mean, it messes me up the rest of the day. I'm done. Because I just can't take the spinning. It makes me nauseous. You know what I want? I would like a bunch of nauseous people here at Element. Because we're so dizzy from praying. Where we're saying, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to puke. God, I'm not moving. God, I swear by your holy name, in your... Guys, I'm not asking you to do something that's not in the Word of God. I believe that's what the Word of God teaches us. That there is a power that Paul tells us, the power, this, that, and we talked about it last week, that same power that he used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is the power that, that, that lives inside of us as believers. I believe that it's in the Word of God that that is the power that we're tapping into with our prayer. I think we have sacrificed that power so often and we're, trying to, we're attempting things on our own and it's not working. It's time for us as a church to get dizzy. It's time for us as a church to get nauseous and to get that sickening feeling because we're praying so hard and we're saying, God, I'm not moving until you heal this marriage. I'm not moving until you heal their marriage. I'm not moving until you heal that relationship between that mother and daughter or that father and son or whatever it is. I'm not moving until you give me eyes that see where I can see the broken within my city or that I can see the hurting people within our church and how our church needs to be just, just be able to share your love so much more effectively with this world. I'm not moving, God. I'm not moving. I'm praying, guys, I pray, I pray. I'm going to circle you guys. I'm going to circle you guys, and I'm going to make the staff circle you guys too, where we're praying that you guys will have open hearts, and we're going to become a church that gets dizzy through this whole series. And you know what's really going to be cool? I use that word kind of, I don't know what else other word to use. But what's really going to be amazing and exciting is to hear the stories that you're going to have if you take this serious and you say, I'm going to circle this. I've got this in my life that I'm going to circle. And then you're going to communicate back to us. You're going to say, let me share with you how I've been circling. Let me share with you how God showed up. Guys, that's what this is all about. And I'm inviting you on this journey and I pray that you will will sign up and you will get on board. But I pray, again, that we will just become a church that's dizzy and nauseous. That would be a good problem. But I pray that you would just open your hearts and your minds to that. We're going to continue by singing a couple more songs. I pray that you just lean in, listen to the words of this next song, and uh, just begin to open your hearts and your minds to the Spirit of God. Father, we give you glory this morning. We, God, we, um, we pray that all that we have done and said and sang and thought about today was... Um, things that brought you glory, things that brought you pleasure. God, this is 
ultimately about you. And God, we know that because of your love and how great you are and the mercy and grace that you give us on a daily basis, we know, God, that that is what you want to so freely give us all the time. And God, I pray that we we would become people that circle the things that you're calling our attention to, God, that we would call upon your name, that we would call upon that greatness, call upon that incredible love that you have. And God, that you would begin to restore those things, begin to rain down on us, you know, your blessings, your graciousness, and fill the caverns and cisterns and pits of our lives. And so God, I pray in the weeks to come, you would just draw us in even more to that intimate conversation with you. And God, as we leave here today, may we leave just expressing this incredible sense of hope that we have from worshiping you and following you and having you living inside of our lives, our hearts. And we ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.